0: Welcome to the Debrief, a partner episode of the Limitless Athlete Podcast. Today, Coach Rachel and I, Tom Foxley, will be discussing the episode that I previously recorded with the wonderful Nikki Brazier. If you haven't listened to this episode, it's actually one where I'd go back and listen to it before listening to this. I mean, you can listen to Rachel and I natural way Anyway, but we are going to be discussing our own mental health challenges that we have faced. I think in combination with what Nikki talked about, this is a pretty powerful episode to to listen to. So I would recommend listening to Nikki's episode first. But the takeaway here, the thing that I really want you all to get is this idea that we all have mental health. It's not like you have mental health issues or you don't. It's like we all have mental health and it sits on that spectrum. So we're going to experience highs and lows. We're going to have these difficult moments. Like I'm honestly with you guys, I'm experiencing one right now, like kind of a little bit of frustration, a little bit of struggle in mental health, and that's okay. Maybe some of it's to do with this little cold that you might be able to hear in my voice, but like we have these moments and that's absolutely fine. What's important is that you take ownership of this, not responsibility for the results. well maybe you could a little bit there but it's mostly about ownership of the process like develop your strategies for coping with this whatever works for you what truly works for you is important so in a moment I'm going to bring you this episode with the wonderful Rachel and myself but first a little bit of housekeeping and that's a very simple note that in January, we're going to be launching our first mindset training camp of the year. It's got a special twist focusing on um, the CrossFit games and the open. So it's prepping you for the open. So what I would do, if you're interested in training your mindset in a, in a strategy, in you know, a, in a systemized way, then definitely keep an eye out on our social media and our email list. But that's enough with that. Now I bring you Rachel and myself talking about uh, mental health our own struggles and maybe providing a few strategies that you can use as well i don't know what's going to happen but i'm willing to work as hard as i can there is no past in the future there's just this moment right here if i did that if i can get through that like come at me changing how I saw myself, like as a man,
1: not just as, a, as an athlete. It's okay that I struggle. It's okay. That's
0: part of the deal. It's how I responded. Today, we're going to be discussing Nikki Brazier's podcast um, on the Limitless Athlete podcast. And I want to kind of take it and run with it because Nikki talked about something that was so, so important in postpartum anxiety and her uh, challenges with that and I think that is incredibly valuable. Um, yet we can broaden that out and we can broaden it into anxiety, depression and mental health within the CrossFit space. Mm. And What we're not going to say here is this is the cure to these situations. Like, I th- that's not our place yeah. we are not psychiatrists we're not psychologists and like and whilst i'm sure these techniques kind of aid and what we've used like aids people here like it's really not the purpose of what we're doing here we we're, we're here to just boost the way we feel and it's not to cure disease and or cure ailments in in this capacity so it's for kind of informational and anecdotal purposes only i'd say this um so and in light of that like i think this this fits into what karl porter was saying in his mm. podcast like let's discuss these things let's talk about them let's yeah. let's do that without the um without the attachment of negativity and the stigma that goes along with that so let's mm. discuss that um and i think that's really what we're going to be doing today because the situation is that so many athletes and so many of us and humans let's say have mental health challenges like i've definitely experienced it. we go through these phases of highs and lows and mental health um, and we experience that and it's affecting yes us in the gym but it's affecting us as a whole and it's something that we can do something about um it's something that we're not completely passive within um -hmm. so i think today is probably a good opportunity to share a few stories, share a few opinions of ours, um, and kind of, and see where that ends up. That was a lot of me rambling, but how about that, Rachel? Sound like a plan?
1: Sounds like a great plan, Tom.
0: Okay. So (laughs) we have this mental health challenge, depression, anxiety, and a few other things that go along with that. The, we've outlined the, the kind of the situation, the problem, what, what happens with that? Um, would you be willing to share kind of any stories that are related to what Nikki talked about in the podcast?
1: Oh, sure. So um, one of the pieces of the podcast that resonated most with me was her talk about body dysmorphia. And I have experienced that as well as eating disorder and disordered eating over the course of my life. So Uh, Starting CrossFit, I came in pretty mentally healthy. Um, I was really interested in seeing kind of what I could do. I came in because the year before I had been cleared of post-traumatic stress disorder. And I'd done all this really hard work on myself and found now I was looking for like another challenge. So I was not a great athlete as a kid. And so pursuing CrossFit was a way for me to say like, okay, I'm rewriting the story about myself, about what kind of athlete I can be. Mm. So took on CrossFit. I didn't have post-traumatic stress disorder anymore. Um, What ended up happening over the course of several years was uh, developing a desire to be smaller and leaner and have less body fat. And this led me on a course to um, nearly two years of disordered eating. And no one would have known that I was in a very um, serious binge and restrict cycle. Uh, but, and no one would know because I was constantly getting compliments on how my body looked. It was always, wow, oh, you look great. Like, oh. constantly I was getting compliments. And so I must have been doing something right and I must have been doing something healthy. In reality, I was losing body weight um, and I was getting smaller, but I was also feeling dreadful. My mood was tanked and my performance in the gym really suffered. And it actually, it took me many years to come back from um, from doing that. So once I realized that I was experiencing shame around the way that I was eating, that was my cue to, okay, you need to make a change. So. Um, I recognized that it was perfectionism that was causing me to enter these restrict and binge cycles. So in my mind, my nutrition was good only if I met my macros perfectly and plus or minus five grams is what I would consider perfectly in this um, you know, mental state that I was in. So it wasn't on the nose. It was close enough. So um, meeting my macros was um, perfection, and that was good, and what I should be doing. And over, um, you know, the course of a month, I could hold on to that for about four weeks, and then I would have a full-on day where I would binge, eat anything I wanted, and then I would get right back on it the next day and be back in, be back in my restricting cycle. Recognizing that that was unhealthy was a really long journey of teaching myself that it was okay to eat certain foods. It was okay to eat, um, certain amounts of foods of certain foods. Uh and now um I'm really happy to report that I have a really I have a really good relationship with food. It's not all the time. Um it's not perfect for sure. I do still experience moments of uh looking at my body and being dissatisfied. I don't think it's actually possible to achieve uh full what we call body liberation, so valuing our character more than our body aesthetics uh in a permanent state. That's a process and a Practice that we take on probably for all of our lives. But my relationship with food now is significantly better. And it's purely based on making sure that I get enough protein, drink enough water, and um, I'm really focused on getting stronger. And so everything I do in the gym and what I eat um, and otherwise put in my body is okay, is this going to make you stronger? And there's also room for joy. In the way that I eat food, so I love seasonal things. When my favorite ice cream comes out in the winter time, it's cookies and nog. By the way, it's so good. Uh, I have I have some, and I have learned not to feel guilty or stress about that. Um, but again, it is like a practice that I've uh, that I've undertaken.
0: Yeah, thanks for sharing that, Rachel. And yeah. I think something that I'd like to dig into a little bit deeper was around mm-hmm. the idea. Of, there's this image that we look around and we see and we think that is what i have to achieve for myself and where and that's usually a a version of that that's like turned up to 10 so we see like this aesthetic and then there's a part of our mind that remembers that at maximum intensity yes was that image coming through what you were seeing in the CrossFit world when you got in there? Was mm. it coming through what you saw in society at large, like mm. from childhood?
1: Yeah, I mean, I can remember being, re- I mean, I was very self conscious um, as a teenager. So um, I wore a lot of baggy clothes growing up. So I really tried to cover up my body um, because I. Because I didn't want anybody looking at it. Um, as I got older, and when I got into CrossFit, many many years later, so as a 29 year old, um, yeah, that that image of what a good CrossFitter was was a thing. I actually can remember in some of my early, early journaling when I was part of the Interathlete Performance Camp, I talked about having a six pack. Like for I didn't have. A, I recognize now I didn't have a good reason for wanting that, other than it. I felt like it would make me belong.
0: That's interesting. So it's like yeah. this aesthetic is how it's how a yeah exactly yeah. a ticket to belonging.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah.
0: That's yeah, that's really interesting because mm. the CrossFit games that we are, or well, sorry the the CrossFit that we are sold into is so closely tied to the games. Yes and i'm of the opinion that those are two different things that health and fitness crossfit for the general population crossfit for the community, um for elite athletes are two different things with two different purposes yeah. and there's this idea that i think people are with good intentions again moving against i think there's a a, a good explanation or a good move towards sharing bodies that don't fit that template of this is what the crossfit is supposed to look like so that's obviously a great thing in inclusiveness but you still have that opinion of like oh dudes are like v-shaped girls are absolutely shredded and very low body fat yeah it's it's a a different
1: it's a different aesthetic to me than it used to be and um i I personally have very strong opinions about women taking up space, both with their voices and with their bodies. My personal goal is to get as big as I can, just be a beefcake. So, because that inspires me when I see it in other people. But I'll do it with some body fat in my body too. Mm.
0: Yeah. yeah. This is again, it comes to what we talked about a couple of episodes again. Like yeah. is if it was autotelic for you, like yeah. if you're just doing something for the performance and like it's an easy thing to say and I think it's also probably worth tailoring this to say there's probably some evolutionary strategy to say, like, oh, the way we um the way our body is constructed is something that's valuable in terms yeah. of health, in terms yes. of um opinion. Like there's there's no point in arguing that everybody is the same in terms of health. And like that's obviously a, a misnomer. Um but there is some nuance between this, like a huge amount of gray area between everybody is equally as healthy and everybody has to fit this template, and exactly. probably it's something around health is and your purpose and your yes. what you really want to be doing in that.
1: Yeah, how you like to feel, mm. right? What exactly. you what you want your energy to be like? I think that was one of the key things for me, as my energy was tanking when I wasn't eating enough, and so I I felt like garbage all the time.
0: Yeah, that's a huge tell. Like huge. a huge, huge tell. But for some reason again, it's normalized.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's it's like, oh, that's what you're supposed to feel like when you're cutting. And it's like, why are you cutting? Yeah. <laughs>
0: Yeah, yeah. What are you, yeah what you're exactly? not going
1: on. Are you training for a physique yeah. competition? Like, why was I doing that? Yeah, it was ridiculous.
0: Yeah. And if you are training for a physique competition and you love it, fantastic. Yeah. Go ahead, Great. and do it. Like, there's nothing do wrong it. with it. Yeah, yeah. If you <laughs> yeah. like, I'll do your numbers I, for you. <laughs> yeah, I could not stand that because I love, I love carbs too much, and no that is what I'm into. I don't want and to feel like, like that. Yeah, 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 um, yeah. So that that's really, really interesting. Thank you for sharing that a lot. Um Is there anything Thank that you do you learn from that that was valuable that you wouldn't have learned otherwise?
1: I wouldn't have learned how deeply ingrained my perfectionism was. Like I'd seen it in my work before where I would get really upset if I made a mistake, even if it was something really, really simple and small and non-impactful, I would get really upset, but I had never seen it appear in this like all or nothing mindset. And mm-hmm. noticing that in my nutrition allowed me to notice it in other things too that I really needed to see.
0: Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, and I, I'm sure it's helped you as a coach as well, right?
1: Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yes. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah.
0: It's like, oh, once you see the way you see the way in all things.
1: Ooh. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's, um, it's deeply ingrained. Mm. Yeah. Have you got anything else around body image that you wanted to share?
1: Mm. I think, I think that's my, that's my story around yeah. body image. And what I really hope is that people who are struggling with it, um, Recognize that it actually doesn't have to be that way. Um, you can love your body exactly as it is, um, but you can also reach a point where what your body looks like doesn't matter that much. What your mind and your heart and your soul are matters a lot more than what you look like.
0: There we go. That's the, the takeaway there. That yeah. is really the takeaway because <laughs> ultimately who you are is something that you always, always have with you yeah um whereas what you are and what you can do and what you can do can always be taken away from you right. one of them is kind of eternally true you still have to work on it you still have to like train yeah. your own mentality um but it will lead you to those things that you want as well um this kind of a it's a nice hidden catch like when you stop focusing on what you want and start focusing on who you're becoming then you you end up getting there
1: yes yeah, it's a little uh, secret. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah.
0: And it, it feels very strange to be doing that.
1: Yeah. What stood out to you in this one, Tom?
0: You know, the piece that really resonated with me was, A, talking about weird ear-popping techniques and oh, yeah. and kind of, and just um, equalizing pressure in our ears um, <laughs> that both Nikki and I do. And so that was one one thing there. Um, the other thing is just this idea, again, I shared it in the Khan Porter episode mm. of growing up and feeling a little bit different and feeling like oh i didn't know how to be a kid and didn't know how i uh, was supposed to act and i think that all came to a head when i was probably 22 23 it's around the time i was trying to set up a crossfit box um and honestly in an objective manner my life wasn't that good Like I had some good things going, had some incredible things going, um, but I wasn't in the place where I wanted to be, and that made things really hard. But what made things even harder was this anxiety-based predisposition to everything that had. There was, I I realized how much fear there was in my life a few years. Like looking back at it recently, to a few years ago, I realized like every decision was out of fear. Every intention was like, oh shit, like what if this happened? And that for me was like the anxiety that filled my life for years and years and years. And it didn't feel great. In fact, it felt awful most of the time. It affected sleep. It affected um, my relationship. It affected friendships. And it really drew me to this point where I was isolating. And then it led to training too. It's like, okay, like eventually, like my last bastion of self care um, just diminished because it, I was also in the military at the same time. And it's like, I have to be this type of person. And the training in the military is obviously hard. And that's a good thing that it's, it's that hard. But for me, where I was right then, like that was just way too much for me to be yeah. taken care of. And it's like that fed into this identity of this is who i was supposed to be and I can be there. So this whole anxiety piece that Nikki talked about like resonated so heavily. Obviously the postnatal thing isn't something that I'm going to experience or have experienced. Um but the principles behind it or the kind of the deepest narrative behind it. They that was really important. And when I it's it's funny, it actually occurs more in cities when I go and speak to members of boxers and athletes when I and even when I just drop into London occasionally, there's this anxiety that's like it's so prevalent that it's the normal state in many, many cities of yeah. um, just like go, 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 go. I'm not good enough. I've got to get there. I've got to get away. Um, and I feel it everywhere. And yeah. it's one of the reasons why I have to be outside of a city and I can't mm-hmm. live within a city because I just pick up on it now and it becomes my default. But like yeah. I know it's so prevalent within within crossfit within training and within human life and we need to i think there's a better job that we can do of this and i think everyone's on our way to doing a better job like we are becoming better at this and we're becoming better having the conversation and like and discussing it which is fantastic but we're also better at developing tools to deal with it Mm. most useful tool for me by far was just observing an athlete, like getting out a piece of paper and just scrolling it down. And um, I remember looking back at my first few entries and like, after I'd learned how to, and I was like, Oh, I'm insane. Like that is, that is <laughs> utterly, like, that is just gibberish. I was like, that's what's going on. And it was such a shock to see, Oh, that's what's been going on in my head the whole time. Mm. And now it's out in the paper. It was, yeah, that was a confronting moment. <laughs>
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's so interesting. You bring up the anxiety we feel in cities. I experience the same thing, just driving. Like mm. there's the energy changes. It's, I have to go right now. And that's a story we're telling ourselves as a culture, as soon as we enter a city or if we live in a city, it's so interesting.
0: Yeah. yeah. I think there's some evolutionary ideas uh, uh, why that is as well. Mm. We've lived in communities of, 100 to 150 yeah. for basically eternity yeah. and cities are very very new and uh our, our hardware hasn't caught up with that yet we're yeah. still programmed in that in that capacity like we're still set up for small communities and yeah. suddenly you've gone from essentially it's like having grow- spent your whole life in a place that very few people you know everyone um Yeah, things are difficult, but like you have a horizon you can look at. You spend a lot of time outside. Um, Mm -hmm. There's it's quiet most of the time. And then suddenly you're in a place where threat perception is everywhere. And you have
1: always light often flashing. Like, yep. There's tall
0: buildings around you. You're like these huge. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. yeah, There's no horizon at all. And you're just like hemmed in. You get these weird, like, kind of like. E- there's moving vehicles everywhere like it's a crazy place to be in and like mm-hmm. getting out of it's not all cities so i found vancouver to be quite different um but getting out of london for sure was was a huge benefit to my mental health
1: <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's,
0: yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Thank you so much. So yeah
0: yeah no worries like that so that's what i found and i i found a, observe your inner athlete is a useful tool mm. i found the last thing that I wanted to do, but the thing that I most needed to do was connect with people that I loved and who loved me. Um that was yeah, huge, but I didn't I didn't feel worthy of doing that. I didn't feel like I deserved it. So that was a a challenging battle to and luckily I was I had a couple of good friends really good girlfriend at the time and like now fiance and she and it worked really really well like it it came out community and support from individuals is super important yeah and then also there was this idea that I felt like I needed to be pushed and stretched and I just need to be more disciplined and focused, especially coming from military at that time as well was yes. you, huge in that. It's like, you've got to do this. You've got to become this thing. Like you've got to push harder, work harder. You're just not working hard enough. And if you work hard, then like you won't have time to feel sorry for yourself. Yeah. Um, and all that did was turn up the intensity. And whilst I felt like I needed that, that symbolic father figure, I actually just needed the symbolic mother figure of a hug. It's going to be okay you are going to be okay. And you can figure this out and take some time out. Um, and it's, yeah, this it's interesting that you need that, that balance and you feel like you need one thing because that's what you used to probably need the other.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And you need that internally, right? The ability to set those internal boundaries of actually what I need right now is care. Actually what I need right now is a kick in the pants. Um, but let's, let's talk about how athletes can reach out for help. Cause I think that's something a lot mm. of us struggle with is how do we, how do we seek connection authentically with each other? Like, how do you even tell someone like I'm struggling?
0: Mm. Yeah. How would you go about that? Like I, I am honestly, I've
1: done it recently, Tom, gone. with you in fact, and yeah. and, the way, and the way I did it was, hi, I'm struggling. <laughs> yeah.
0: How and does that feel though the- reaching out? Because like it, it's not as simple as just like typing out or getting on the yeah. call. Like like there's there's some barriers to entry.
1: There sure are. And you know, the main, I mean, we t- talked about vulnerability in previous podcasts too. Um that's a practice that we have in mindset RX and the practice of confronting bound natures. So I know when I'm in certain bound natures that my inclination is to withdraw Mm. and um, basically hide and try and try to like deal with things on my own. And what I've learned through experimentation is that what I actually need to do is reach out to people. And I have yet to um, reach out to anyone who has full on disappointed me. So um, the good news is we're often surrounded by people who genuinely care about us. And we, it's, it's honestly a gift to them to be called on to help Mm. us in times of need. I think especially because I'm a coach and I'm kind of a coach first in all of my relationships. Um, I'm often the one giving the help. So me asking for help from the people that I'm normally giving the help to is, um, is a really, is a, it's literally a gift.
0: Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's one of the reasons why it's so important to train vulnerability because mm, exactly. then you build up the capacity to do it when it really yeah. really counts and yes. that's not to say that if you need help now that it's going to be impossible it's gonna be a bit more yeah. difficult but it's yeah. the act is simple but it's difficult so yeah. that it's and it was also for me anyway talking from my own personal experience yeah. it seemed a bigger ask of people and a more humiliating ask than it ever was yeah. um, and it brought up more comfortable com- um, sorry it brought up more uncomfortable conversations and all that kind of thing but you know i i would be in a far worse place if i hadn't had those conversations
1: so true like you're already experienced such extreme discomfort it's another level of discomfort to decide that you're going to mm. ask for help like you send that text or that email and oh, you just feel so much um Anxiety and fear of what's gonna happen next.
0: You know, that's a really nice point though, that we don't have to walk up to someone and tell them physically now we have the ability to text someone, to message them on Instagram, to shoot them an email, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. That is I'm I'm not gonna say it's it probably it's probably missing out a little bit of the um capacity for change that that a fully human interaction now, but Mm -hmm. it's really good. And if it's all you do, then that's so much better than nothing. better better than nothing. nothing.
1: Something is better than nothing. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. yeah, It's it's difficult. It requires a little bit of courage to do, um, but it's it's so, so worth it.
1: So, so worth it. It's the only way you build courage is by displaying courage.
0: Oh, exactly. Exactly. Thank you for listening to the debrief partner episode of the Limitless Athlete podcast. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss out on upcoming episodes. We'll be speaking to CrossFit Games athletes, coaches, authors, and other inspiring people who are going to help you find your next level inside and outside of the gym. Loads of awesome future podcasts coming right up. If you can leave a great five-star review and share the episode with your friends, that would be great. See you next week with another mindset-shifting interview and a debrief episode to follow up.